Something that not a lot of people perhaps know about me or would even expect from a seminarian is that I am a lover of most things pop culture uh, and especially music. So whenever I find a new song or an artist I love, I feel the need, the desire to find out who or why they wrote that. I ask the questions like, is this just another catchy pop song or is it a ploy to continually make money and fuel a superficial lifestyle? Or perhaps are the lyrics and person behind the lyrics something much more deep, something more mysterious, something more real? I even occasionally do what I call celebrity prayer, where I just pick a celebrity and I pray for them, for their conversion, for their well-being. And so often I'll also go to Wikipedia or to Old Faithful YouTube and look up interviews of them to see what their lives are like or their personal beliefs are. It never ceases to surprise me, though, what I discover. I'd say what I discover most often is quite honestly some sort of pain, suffering, wounds, but they're usually covered up by humor. Whether that's addictions, it's health, it's relationships, they are very real people. Real in that they suffer and they live. They yearn and they seek for love just like you and me, but usually again with that added mask of Hollywood or fame. I also discover things like intense and deep faith, faith in redemptive suffering, faith in things transcendental, utterly beyond us, something bigger than themselves, a purpose to life. And so, when I found out a few weeks ago that Kanye West, one of the biggest pop culture musical artists of this last decade and a half, especially for my generation, one of the most well-known and richest celebrities in the world, was going to release an album called Jesus is King, I was a little intrigued. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I really commend you, but I think it would suffice to say that up until recently, he's kind of a, a cookie cutter or a stereotypical celebrity. Incredibly musically gifted, but so often has been in the public eye over the years for some heart-wrenching meltdown. But last week, this new album came out, and it might not be your type of music, but it's been sending shockwaves through the musical and pop culture worlds. Basically, it's a 27-minute-long gospel album about his conversion to and belief in Christianity and Jesus. 27 minutes long, and he mentions the name of Jesus 29 times. In one song called Water, he effectively gives a litany to the holy name of Jesus at the end of it. I could go on about this craziness like, I think, a month ago, him and his wife went to Jerusalem and they baptized their children in the Armenian Catholic Church. But so why do I bring this up today? Why is this young deacon talking about the latest rap gospel album? Seems a little odd, doesn't it? Because he's real. He's a real person. And I think we could all relate to him in one way or another. He has a real soul. And believe it or not, take him at his word. Perhaps time will tell, yeah. But God has touched him in his mercy and his goodness in a very real way. And his conversion seems to be real. And this is exactly what we hear today, here in our readings. It was the same for Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, also known as perhaps like a celebrity for his locality at his time. Everyone knew who he was. He was two, extremely wealthy. And three, he was known to be a sinner with some intense and very blatant faults. They said of him, 
he, Jesus, is going to stay at the house of a sinner today. Mercy is for all of us, brothers and sisters. And our readings today speak intensely of this, for it's our great hope as Christians that all of us, no matter race, no matter wealth, no matter sins, mercy is for us. The Book of Wisdom says today, the Lord loves all things that are, for he created them. Our Lord is the lover of souls. But sometimes we forget this because we're human. And it takes some miraculous conversion, a show of deep humility to wake us up to that, to jolt us to the power and mercy in the name of Jesus. Whether that's Zacchaeus 2,000 years ago or this basically Neo-Zacchaeus and Kanye West, or whether it's you or whether it's me, because this is the reality. Mercy is for us. It's freely given out of no merit of our own. But the catch is, though, what we've been talking about for like the last five weeks with our preaching series, is can we receive this mercy? Are we able to receive it? Are our eyes even open to it? Do we have a longing to see Jesus as Zacchaeus longed to see Jesus? A grown man climbing a tree just to see this person. Do I do everything to see him? We're quickly creeping up on winter to the end of the year. Leaves and snow are starting to fall. Living things beginning to die. It calls our minds to these big questions, these end things. Because the only way we could receive love, this mercy, salvation of God is through humility. Humility, so often paired by suffering, because all, we all do, we all suffer, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, recognize it or not, certainly to varying degrees. Zacchaeus knew terribly well he was a sinner. He said, if I have exhorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. He was unafraid, utterly humble of what people probably thought about him. And this is from an interview that our neo Zacchaeus Kanye did last week. He says, God has always had a plan for me. He has always wanted to use me. But I think he wanted me to suffer more and wanted people to see my suffering and my pain and put stigmas on me and have me go through all the human experiences so that now when I talk about Jesus and how he saved me, more people could relate to that. More people can experience, more people can believe and it'd be less compelling if otherwise. We, you and me, our beloved sons and daughters are our God by our baptism. And he wants to give us all, all of his mercy. So are we doing everything to draw close to him, to really see him with those eyes of faith? Because he's always drawing near to us. He wants to come to our house. And we have something, actually. We have someone right here and right now, that I pray this celebrity and all the people in the entire world will one day enjoy themselves. We have the Eucharist, and we have confession, those two great sacraments. We're about to receive, eat, consume the living flesh of Jesus, and so become more like him, more like God himself, and participate in the Trinity. And that's not some fancy gospel lyric. That's a reality, brothers and sisters. And then do we humble ourselves? And I mean actually humble ourselves and avail ourselves to confession. I mean, we just announced last weekend that every single day of the week, even on Sunday, St. Patrick's now offers confession. Do we receive his mercy there? 
Because he not only wants to give you his very self in the Eucharist, but he wants to forgive your sins forever, as if they never existed. To be perfect in the eyes of God and to be like God is our call, to be holy, to be saints, to be his beloved son and daughter. So let us never doubt or forget the goodness and mercy of God, especially today. For no one is beyond the reach of his grace. Jesus is telling you and me today, today salvation has come to this house. Yes, your house in St. Charles or wherever you live, and the house of your heart, your soul. Because this man, this daughter, too, is a descendant of Abraham, a beloved son and daughter. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost.